0: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: I want to talk about now, though, is the D.C. family, talking about the Washington Wizards. Oh, boy, it has been tough sledding for that group. I hear in the last six or seven games, I believe they've lost six out of their last seven. And we got the news yesterday that Bradley Beal, going to be reevaluated in about a week as he's dealing with a hamstring strain. It's really one of the worst things that could happen to this group right now. They're on the road tomorrow night to take on the Chicago Bulls. But like I said, they've struggled. Losers are six out of their last seven. The last time we saw them was Sunday at home when they rolled out the welcome mat for Anthony Davis and the LA Lakers. And Anthony Davis is having a performance of all performances, 55 points. 17 rebounds in three blocks on 22 of 30 shooting. It doesn't get more efficient uh, than what Anthony Davis was able to do Sunday from Cap 1 Arena. Speaking of Anthony Davis and the Lakers, while Bradley Beal was being quartered this offseason, the Lakers were one of the teams that he was constantly being photoshopped to. The Lakers were one of the teams that we knew nationally had interest in him. Add that. Add them to a list of a, a bunch of other teams that wanted Bradley Beal's services: the Denver Nuggets, the Dallas Mavericks, the Miami Heat, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Potentially, here is Bradley Beal earlier this week on the No Chill Gill podcast with former Wizards guard Gilbert Arenas talking about why ultimately he ended up deciding to stay here uh, in free agency, despite instead of going elsewhere.
2: On the flip side of it, the business side of it. There were no teams in the market. Oh wow! Just free agency wise. i just mm-hmm. being frank, right? There were no, there was nowhere else for me to go, right? <laughs> <laughs> Where I can, like, oh, I can go win, mm-hmm. right? It'd have been, it was teams that strategically wasn't wasn't what I wanted, right? <laughs> uh, so it just, realistically, I won't say my hand was forced, but it, like this is this was my best decision, best option on the table at the time, so.
1: That is Wizards guard Bradley Beal talking to Gilbert Arenas, and I'm like, man, you know, if the play on the court wasn't indicative enough of what we haven't gotten from Bradley Beal, then those comments piss me off if I'm a Wizards fan because guess what? I was mad as hell when Bradley Beal signed a $250 million max extension. But check this out. A no trade clause. So for Bradley Beal to come out and say that It didn't make sense financially, or it didn't make sense from a basketball standpoint to go anywhere else. Brad, you can pack your stuff up now and go. This basketball team right now, 11-13 and on the season, 8-5 and at home, loses a six out of their last seven. This team, from my vantage point, will be better served not having Bradley Beal on the roster, and here's why. Before this stretch of games where they lost six out of seven, Bradley Beal had missed Five straight games. You want to know the Wizards' record during that five-game stretch? Four and one. So to, think, so to think that this basketball team needed to handcuff themselves to Bradley Beal, from my vantage point, is organizational malpractice. You've got two bona fide 20-25-plus 20, point-per-game scores on your roster right now in Chris Porzingis and Kyle Kuzma, both of whom, if I was the GM of the Wizards, I'd be ready to pay this offseason. Chris Dabbs for has a team option. I expect him to opt into that and in return next year. But Kyle Kuzma recently has been the subject of trade chatter and trade conversation. The Wizards would be stuck on stupid to trade Kyle Kuzma instead of trading Bradley Beal. And I know Bradley Beal's got a no trade clause. All that means, though, is that Brad's got to sign off on whatever destination he's going to ultimately end up in. And it's way too early right now, admittedly so. It's way too early to be pushing the panic button on the Wizards 24 games into the season. But guess what? I haven't seen the improvement that I expected to see from this bunch. All offseason long, I sat up here and I tried to tell people why this year would be different for the Washington Wizards. I tried to tell people that this big three of Porzingis, Beal, and Kuzma was exactly what the doctor ordered for this bunch. Well, 24 games in, this group right now is in the ten seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Behind teams like Toronto and Indiana and Miami, teams who, from a talent perspective, I feel like Washington can make the argument that their head and shoulders better than. But see, the difference between us talking about the Wizards and those teams is they get production out of their max players. Bradley Beal is making two hundred fifty million dollars in this deal. Bradley Beal is robbing the bank right now. Talking about this Washington Wizards team, Bradley Beal averaging twenty-two point nine points a game, but is making thirty-plus million dollars a year annually, and has a no-trade clause at that. Are the numbers I just listed to you? Are those numbers of a guy who deserves a no-trade clause? Are those numbers? Of a guy who deserves to be a max player? Hell no. And the counterparts are right on his team. Look at Chris Dabbs Porzingis. Averaging 22 points. Eight rebounds. Three assists per game. A shade under two blocks. He's not making the money that Bradley Beal is making. Look at Kyle Kuzma. Having a borderline all-star year. 21 points. Eight rebounds. Four assists. He's not making max money. So why in the hell... Are we paying Bradley Beal max money? And I get frustrated when I talk about this. Because this franchise overall, let's be honest, I'm done pulling punches with this group. This team stinks. And it's been that way ever since the turn of the century. The Washington Wizards, since 2000, have the fifth fewest wins in all of basketball. Yet we had the damn nerve to honor the big three a couple weeks ago. What the hell are we honoring a group that couldn't even make it out of the first round of the playoffs for. That just shows you how low the bar has been set for this franchise. And I'd be damned if me, as somebody with a voice in this town, continues to let Bradley Beal rob the Wizards the way he has. Because that's where I'm at right now. And it's crazy because if you asked me the same question a year ago at this time, I was all on the Bradley Beal train. I was all for it. But when you don't produce... And you act like an a-hole making comments like that. You don't get the benefit of the doubt from me. I expect him to produce. And what's embarrassing about it. What's embarrassing about it. Is when this team trusts him. In end of game situations. Time and time again. He comes up short. Is that the guy you want leading your franchise? Is that the guy you want. To try to carry you out of the abyss that you've been in as a franchise? The hell with Bradley Beal. Tommy Shepard. This message is for you. You made a mistake. Fix it. I know we're just 24 games into the season. I've already seen enough. What is Bradley Beal bringing you? Yes, it's 23 points, but guess what? With all the damn shots he's taking, I guarantee you if Chris Stapps Porzingis was taking the amount of shots the Bill was taking, he'd average 23 points a game too. And those guys have been consistent. You haven't had to worry about injury issues with Porzingis and Kuzma. They show up to play every night and they're not running their damn mouth all the time. The fact that you were so quick to hop on a podcast and talk about how there was no other option for you this offseason, so that's why you're back here. Are you kidding me? That's the God that you all praise? That's the guy that you want leading this team? This is Chocolate City. It's a basketball town at heart. And the fact that he's doing what he's doing, stealing money from this organization, is a damn travesty. Especially because the rest of this roster has talent. Imagine the return you could get back for Bradley Beal. It would help complete this roster. I know that. It would help fill some of the issues that you have depth at. I know that. And it's not like it's not like you didn't just draft a guard that plays the same position as Brad 10th overall this summer. Make it make sense, Wizards. There's a reason you've been in the basement of the NBA since the 2000s started. What are you going to do to fix it? Billionaire Ted. We see him all invested talking about buying the Nationals. What about the team you currently own? What about the decisions that you made this summer to sign Bradley Beal to a five-year max extension when his ass hasn't made it out of the first round of the playoffs since John Wall left. But yet we're praising this guy. Something's got to give with this group. But i tell you what, let this team be in the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs come that trade deadline. And you see who's left standing. I know one thing for certain, man. Tommy Shepard's no dummy. He's not. He sees what's going on. Anybody that isn't blind sees what's going on. This group right now clearly, once again, is underachieving. And when a group underachieves, you know what I do? I go to the head of the snake, the highest damn paid player on the team, the one that wants the brunt of the responsibility. Guess what, Brad? The time is now. You got one week, one week to get it together. Get your hamstring tight. Make sure you're healthy. Make sure you're ready to go. But guess what? When you get back in the lineup, something's got to give. You name me another player in the NBA making $250 million on a max deal but can't average 25 damn points. Got to be kidding me, man. Ava Wallace is coming up next. Through 24 games, man, the Washington Wizards right now currently sit in the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference. Joining us right now on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today. Is Ava Wallace, who covers the Washington Wizards for the Washington Post. Make sure you give her a follow on Twitter at Ava R Wallace. What's going on, Ava? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? What has got you so hot? <laughs> oh, a lot of things, Ava. that, that have me hot. <laughs> About the Washington Wizards I'll I'll start with you and look big picture with this group right now. Are you disappointed or or is this what you expected from this group twenty four games into the season?
3: This is about what I expected from this group. Um just for the sole reason of you know you know what I will I will give it to their version of the big three. Christoph Porzingis, Kyle Kuzma, right. Bradley Beal they're doing really well. They're the only trio in the NBA that's scoring uh, where all of them are averaging over 20 points per game. Um, But that was kind of the focus of my story today is they're not really getting much else anywhere else. Um, And this is not a team that can just kind of rely on three guys alone. They need something, whether that's a really solid defense, which they don't consistently have, or whether that's a fourth score, which they don't have right now because they're only other guy in double figures. Uh, so injuries have the story with kind of already waylaid this team. Uh, this is about where I expected this. We'll put Ava
1: on hold for a second here until we could get the phone situation uh, put together. Ava is uh, one of the first ladies of the Washington Wizards beat. She covers them for the Washington Post. And I wanted to have Ava on tonight because she's someone who has never been afraid to be critical uh, of this group, despite you know, being tasked with with, with being around them on a day-to-day basis. And Ava does a brilliant job covering the team for the Washington Post. She was talking about the story she wrote today. Uh, There was a story she wrote yesterday as well, highlighting Bradley Beal missing the next three games uh, after having an MRI on his strained right hamstring. He is going to have to miss at least a week. And as Ava alluded to, yes, this big three in Washington right now, Chris Daps, Kyle Kuzma, and Bradley Beal, yes, they are doing their part to, to, to keep things afloat here for Washington. But like Ava mentioned, you're not really getting much production anywhere else, which is why I think maybe you have an opportunity to potentially move Brad Beal and pick up some other assets uh, in the meantime. Ava's back with us. Uh, Phone Monsters got you for a second, my girl.
3: Sorry about that. All right. all I don't good. know where I picked off, but <laughs> I was basically saying, yes, this is exactly where I expected this team to be right now, honestly.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I want to talk about defense for this group because that's that's really the area that's frustrated me the most with them outside of Bradley Beal. Um, mm-hmm. This group defensively, first of all, let's take it back to when Wes Unseld Jr. was originally hired to take over this franchise. Defense was supposed to be at the forefront. And now, in the second straight year, this group once again is struggling on that end of the floor. For me, right now, it feels like it's a personnel issue more than it is them just not buying into the concepts. Do you think uh, the Wizards' defensive issues are rooted in personnel problems, or do you think it's something where there's just a disconnect in communication?
3: I think it's a little bit of both. You've got so you have to think about the way this roster is constructed, constructed which is not designed to be for defense. I mean, you've got. Your head of the snake is Bradley Beal. We know he's a scorer. And he can do a lot of things on the offensive end, but that's been his role for so long. That's kind of what he does now. Right. Christoph Porzingis, same thing there. The really good addition they made in that role was DeLon Wright, who could really make a difference and was really impacting the team, honestly, a lot more than I think a lot of people expected because he's such a good lockdown defender at the right. point guard position. Um, so he could attack the head of other Opponents um, of opposing offenses kind of shut that down, and everything kind of trickled down from there, even though he came off the bench. Obviously, he goes down with a hamstring strain pretty early, and that really affected the Wizards for a while. I was actually pretty, pretty stunned at how, yeah. how long it took them to kind of get their feet back under them. But... So roster construction for, sur- for sure. And then it's just, it's just a team that doesn't want to communicate, and you cannot play good defense unless you communicate That's the thing that Wes Huntsville Jr. has been working on since he stepped in the door, basically, is these guys need to open up and talk. They have some capable guys on the team, but when everybody's not on the same page, when everybody's not always talking, um, they found themselves in a lot of really tough positions.
1: You mentioned uh, this team's ability to to defend without Delon Wright, and that's something that they haven't been able to do. Recently, though, we've seen the emergence of Jordan Goodwin, and we've seen him get a lot more minutes and even finish games on occasion here for this group. Uh, Speak to his emergence and and as somebody who's been around the team on a day-to-day basis, when when you saw him in the G League, did you think this type of development and growth was possible for him this early?
3: I really didn't. I mean, he was a good G League player. Don't get me wrong. They have some really good players, and he's got... Uh, local guy and Mike Williams coaching the team who's always, always deserving the shout-out in my mind, but right. um, Jordan Goodwin Williams. has... <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, he has been such a an electric shock for the Wizards. Yeah. I think Will Barton put it the best. Um, I asked him a couple weeks ago what makes Jordan so fun to have on the team, and he is always a guy who's, like, smiling and he just lights up a room, but Will said I'm an 11-year vet. He's a guy who makes you remember, like, man, I love playing basketball. Yeah. Like, this guy is diving after balls. He plays with so much energy. He like claps with extra energy. And that really affects a team like the Wizards, which has a lot of inconsistent efforts night in and night out. You know, they start different, each game differently. I feel like it's a different team I'm watching. So for a guy to come in and just be going 110% because he's playing for a contract, that's something that kind of turns on a light in the old guy's heads and right. says, oh, right, I need, to, I need to be bringing that effort every night too.
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, Jordan's energy right now is infectious, and you saw it uh, when he was first uh, inserted into the starting lineup. The breakout game that he had, obviously, against Charlotte, you got to see it was on full display what type of player he can be, and then the trickle-down effect uh, that he was having on the rest of this roster. Another guy who's had a trickle-down effect on the rest of the roster since his return uh, is second-year man Corey Kispert. uh, Mm. Known for his prowess from beyond the arc, Ava, but you know offensively his game is – much more than just catching and shooting threes. His movement off the ball has really helped this group.
3: Yeah, he's, he's a preternatural cutter. Like, I don't know. He, you know, he's one of those, actually, I was going to say, I do know a little bit. Um, they taught him well out there at Gonzaga Out West, yes. and he stayed all four years, and he came in with a little bit more toys and a little bit more knowledge about how to move around the court, and he does that so well. And why that's really important on this offense is this is a really clogged-up offense with all the guys who can yeah. ball hog all the guys who demand attention, to have someone be able to kind of sneakily get to his spots like that is very valuable. Wes Enzo Jr. wants him to be a little bit more consistent, just the teams having kind of ups and downs with their offense lately, and that's really affecting their defense. So they need him to be a little bit more consistent, but he could be really good for this team.
1: Ava, I agree with you with your sentiments on Kispert. Another young guy that's been interesting to me as well is Denny and He's been – you know, under the microscope a lot this year. Wes Unsell yep. Jr. starting him uh, in the opening game of the season, and then we've seen him get demoted, and then we've seen him get put back in the starting lineup uh, mm-hmm. through through 24 games. Just talk about his growth and development, and where you see his game going.
3: Yeah, I was actually looking at Denny today because it's kind of hard to look at him just based on numbers alone, right. alone, because he's being asked to do something a little bit different this year than he has in years prior. They want him really as a, to focus in on the defensive and It's not that they want him to ignore his offense or be absolutely silent there, but they really like his defensive p- potential. The thing with Danny is he just um, he lets his offense, when it slips a little bit, he gets really frustrated. This is a guy who definitely plays with his emotions on his sleeve right. and he really cares, but that can be distracting for him at some point. And kind of it's like once the thread is pulled a little bit, everything unravels, and you see it every game. And, you know, Wes Jr. hasn't come out and said this at all, but you have to think getting yanked in, in second halves and yeah. you know pulled from the starting lineups every now and again. It seems like West Hill Jr. is trying to teach him things and trying to you know reward good behavior and all that kind <laughs> right. of stuff. Um, <laughs> Coach hasn't said said that to be clear, but that's certainly what it seems like to me. But yeah, they're Denny is um, one of the last. Four lottery picks that's on this roster that they really think is part of their long term plan. So they really want him to kind of lock in and be able to just even out a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned their plans moving forward because when you look at this <laughs> roster and you laugh, but you know what I'm about to say. What is yeah. the plan for this group <laughs> right. moving forward? They obviously make the, the blockbuster move last year at the deadline acquiring Chris Porzingis. They doubled down on, on that group by extending Bradley Beal and giving him a max contract this summer. Through 24 games, though, it really feels like, despite all the additions they've made and despite how active they've been in the offseason, Ava, through 24 games, they're still in the damn play-in.
3: Right, and that's what the question I've had since mm, about August was what is this year about for the Washington Wizards? Yeah. You ask what Wes on to him. He always says, for me, it's about building a foundation, getting good habits entrenched, getting a culture. To me, I say, your franchise player has been here for a decade. How do you not have the culture entrenched yeah. yet around him? Um, but, you know, with a new coach, okay, I'll give him that. General Manager Tommy Shepard will say that this roster is not yet done for the long term. So he's still mm. tinkering. And like you said, he's been really, really active in the offseason. I wouldn't be surprised to see them active at the trade deadline. So I think both of those guys will say this season for us is just about getting better. For me, it's kind of churning the wheels and still f- tinkering to find what's really going to work for them, which is not something teams are usually doing when they have a guy <laughs> signed for a max contract on their roster. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Bradley Beal made some interesting comments. Uh, I believe it was two days ago. He was on Gilbert Arenas' podcast. I, I know you've probably got to Gilbert will get you. Yeah, Gilbert will get you every <laughs> time, won't he? And he kind of uh-huh. baited Bradley Beal into this answer that, it's gotten Wizards Twitter and myself an uproar because I'm like, man, this does not sound like the Bradley Beal that I know. Bradley Beal is a humble guy, does a lot of work in this community, and even through his trials and tribulations, has stayed humble and made it seem like, yeah, like this is always where I've wanted to be. When you hear him talk to Gilbert Arenas, it just didn't seem like that was the case. I don't know if that was frustration coming out by the start that they've had this year or what, but uh, give me your thoughts on his comments that he made to Gilbert.
3: Yeah, I saw the quotes first, and then I kind of went back and listened to the podcast and be like, surely something was taken out of context here. Right. Nope. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's pretty yeah. much what, what he Crazy. said, um, which was really interesting. And it, it made me think – so I think two things can be true. I think Beal definitely does care about the city. He, it really matters to him that he's going to have stuck with the team for as long as he's stuck with them, whether that's his whole career, whether that's one more, two – whatever, more years – Um, that's important to him. Legacy is something he thinks about. How he's thought about after he stops playing is important, It is matter to him. But I think you can also, you're allowed to make a good business decision. Who in their right mind would turn down $250 million, except for the fact where then he comes back and he says, I really want to win. I want to be a winner. To me, if you're trying to get a championship in the next couple of years, Maybe you take a pay cut. That's something you consider. Maybe you, you go and you play second fiddle or third fiddle to someone else in Philadelphia or in, in I don't know, Miami, somebody like right. that. Cause I think what he was saying is when he said there are no teams on the market that strategically were doing what he was trying to do, of course. How many, how many teams were prepared to turn the franchise <laughs> over to him exactly. that weren't rebuilding? So that quote makes sense to me. I have to imagine, I haven't asked him about it, but I have to imagine that's the kind of thing he was talking about there. Is there are only 30 franchises that, you know, only 30 guys in the NBA, really, who right. get the keys to a franchise the way you have it. And that, that means a lot. That means a lot to guys.
1: You mentioned um, the the money aspect of it and, and, and him not taking a pay cut. I'm not pocket-watching by any stretch of the imagination, Ava, but Bradley Beal, in the combination with endorsements and the money that he's gotten from Washington, it should be well off and his family should be well off for generations to come. When he continuously talks about winning being the priority, do you buy in all the way when he says that? Because like you've said, he hasn't made any moves that have said, hey, look, I'm invested in winning. James Harden and the Sixers got in trouble this summer for tampering. Because James Harden was openly trying to take a pay cut, we haven't seen Bradley Beal do that. And I, I just wonder, based on the way this roster is built, and we know what, what they're missing. They don't have a, a legitimate stretch five that every team in the NBA has right now. If if Bradley Beal truly wanted this team to get better, why didn't he take the pay cut? I know that's a question you probably won't be able to answer, but if you could do your best to try, I would be, I'd be mesmerized <laughs> by it. Because your piece, I'm sorry, not to cut you off, your piece that you wrote this summer following him signing the deal, I thought said a lot about what you thought. <laughs>
3: Oh, real? Oh, interesting. I don't even remember what I wrote. So, you know, just show me in. But <laughs> I guess the way I would I would start this question is and I can't I cannot tell you what Bradley Beal believes in his heart. So I can't say that he doesn't look at this team, look at this organization who's taken care of him. Ted Leonsis, the owner, really genuinely loves him and appreciates his voice and asks for his opinion and stuff. I don't know that he looks in this, at this organization and says, I know for sure I can't win here. He might believe that they could do something. He might have enough faith in Tommy Shepard to say, I think we can finally do it. Does it make it harder when you saddle somebody with a max contract? Sure. Does it mean that he shouldn't take what he deserves? I can't say that. You know, how could I, If it was my friend, I would say, take the money. What are you talking about? Right. Um, I also think it's really interesting that you brought up endorsements and stuff. Bradley Beal's not a guy who has a shoe deal. He's signed to Jumpman, which is a huge brand, obviously. Right. But he's not out here. I mean, he's not even like out here like Kyle Kuzma, pitching his own brand and everything like that. Very like, true. Yeah, this guy. So I, I do think there's some component there. And obviously, of course, like $250 million for you or right. me. I'd be like, <laughs> that's, that's generational wealth. I love some, you know? Right. Um, but I, I, I do think it, it just is a little bit incongruous when he says, I believe we can win here, I think All we right. can win, and the contract that he signed. And I, it's not for me to say, you know, like, don't take what you deserve, take a pay cut, but those two things, I do agree with you, stand at odds to each other for sure.
1: Yeah. A- Ava, I'll let you go on this, and it's completely out of left field. Uh, the team that shares the building with the Washington Wizards, the Georgetown Hoyas, uh, what, what have you thought of them and, and and their recent play over the last year or so?
3: Lino, I thought you were about to ask me about the caps. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> no, I got you. <laughs> I was like, no, the Georgetown Hoyas, they're they're in such an interesting position, careful, right? Um, I am. <laughs> I was just like, I really, you know what? I read my friends' articles with the caps. I just don't follow them. Right. Um, but <laughs> but um, no, the Hoyas are in such an interesting position because it's all about Patrick Ewing, right? And yeah. now that. Big John is, is gone, you know, rest in peace. But there's that piece of the organization, that's not their organization. <laughs> they run it like an organization yeah. of the program. <laughs> that's not their kind of protecting and involved and, and seeing Patrick Ewing. Um, man, it is hard to fire a guy like Patrick yeah, Ewing, but you have to think if it continues on like this, I mean, at some point you're committing <laughs> malpractice by keeping him around. Yeah. But I, I, I do not envy absolutely anybody um, <laughs> at that school who has to deal with that. It's a really hard choice to make. I know Patrick works really hard, but uh, man, it's, it's, it's tough to watch at this point.
1: Definitely is. I appreciate you giving me some time, Ava. Hey,
3: thank you so much.
1: That is Ava Wallace, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you give her a follow on Twitter at Ava R. Wallace. One of the first ladies of the Washington Wizards speech. She does a hell of a job uh, covering this team on a day in day out basis. And the thing I love about Ava, she's not scared to speak her mind, uh, there clearly we got to take a timeout when we come back. There's drama elsewhere in the NBA. The Atlanta Hawks star Trey Young having a rift with his head coach. We'll let you hear that audio next. The MLB draft lottery, first of its kind tonight, and the Washington Nationals ending up with the number two pick uh, in this year's upcoming MLB draft. So the odds going in their favor, even though they had the worst record in basketball, I guess technically you would expect them to get the number one pick, but uh, the lottery balls or the ping pong balls or whatever balls they use to come up with the outcome, uh, doing a favor for the Washington Nationals, they'll have the number two overall pick, and I can't wait to see uh, which which, which member of the, future member of the LA Dodgers they'll end up drafting, because it seems like (laughs) everybody we draft ends up on another damn team. Uh, Speaking of drama and Things not going uh, maybe as you might have planned. The Atlanta Hawks an interesting team. They acquired DeJounte Murray this offseason from the San Antonio Spurs, and it felt like everything with the Hawks would be on the up and up, but it's not the case right now. Interesting comments being made uh, by Trey Young postgame after he missed uh, their game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And not only did he miss the game, he decided not even to show up. Here's Trey Young trying to explain himself as to why he wasn't good enough to show up and support his teammates.
2: Situation, I mean, we're all grown men here, and there's sometimes we don't always agree. And uh, I mean, it's unfortunate that private, private situations and private conversations get out to the public, but I guess that's what uh, the world we live in now. But uh, I mean, I'm just, I'll just focus on basketball and focus on helping my team win, and that's what I got to get to in on. But what's public was that you're not at the game, so why weren't you there? Man, it sounded like, uh, sound like you was at me, bro. Uh, I was curious. I mean, you're a leader of this team. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard for people who don't know the full situation to, to understand it. So, I mean, it's like I said, it's a private matter again. And it made public, which is unfortunate. Um, and if it was stayed private, it probably wouldn't have been as big of a deal. But uh, like I said, it's unfortunate. And my, my job and my goal is to, to win a championship, and that's all I focus on. But you can see the perception, though, Trey. You are a leader of this team, and when you're not there to yeah, support when your you, guys. When you're, when you're an outside guy like you are, and you don't understand in a private matter, in a private situation, uh, you should probably stay on the outside. And like I said, it's unfortunate that everybody has to understand and, and know a little bit of the details that went on inside. But, um, I mean, inside here, we're all good. And... Uh, I mean, if you got any more questions about that, then you can you can talk to somebody else about it. That's all I got to say about it. Again, I respect what you're saying about the, the, the private of, of, of the locker room, the private of, of the practice corps, we're not here. I guess it's just a public thing if you're not going to support your teammates when you're healthy about not going on the bench. So where's the disconnect there? If I was healthy, I would have been playing. But, I mean, John was in a boot, and he was still at the game. Yeah, but you don't know the full story. Again. Again, no, I don't want to. So that's just, there's more to it. If you're being healthy, and just. I mean. A private matter needs to stay private. <laughs> that
1: is uh, Atlanta Hawks all-star guard Trey Young getting spicy. You know all them light-skinned folks, kid. I mean, this is, this is interesting. So I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up here for you here in a second. So basically, Trey Young missed the game due to injury. There was... Basically, a disagreement between Trey Young and and Atlanta Hawks head coach Nate McMillan on whether or not Trey Young was handling his responsibility in rehab, doing enough basically to get himself healthy uh, to play for this basketball team. And pretty much, Nate McMillan told Trey Young, either you rehab this way, the way the doctors are saying, or you can go the hell home. And clearly, Trey Young, not thinking twice about it, took his ball and went the hell home. So clearly Trey Young returns to the facility and uh, had some questions to answer and clearly clearly the optics around this thing aren't good. Trey Young's got to be better. You're a max player, you're the face of this franchise, and you don't play defense. So you got to at least follow protocols uh, when you're trying to rehab and get healthy. Uh, the fact the thing that made him look really bad is when the reporter said, well John Collins is hurt, he's in a boot and he's on the sideline, so why weren't you? Uh, we'll have a lot more information on this situation in the upcoming days, and I expect more to come out about it uh, here momentarily. That's going to do it here on this edition of Overtime. Check me out tomorrow, 12-3 to 3 on the Burgundy and Gold. Today we'll be talking all things Washington Commanders. Logan Paulson set to join me tomorrow at 1 o'clock over on the Team 980 on the Burgundy and Gold today. Until then, be well. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon
0: when a thought hits you.